Come on, put your hands together this morning. Come on, let's give him praise today. Come on, he's worthy of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, let's praise out loud this morning. Come on.
place. Hallelujah. Lord, there's nothing like your amazing grace. We just thank you for that today, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Bless you, Lord. serve a God that is faithful, that is true. Thank you, Lord. I know the night won't last. Your word will come to pass. My heart will sing your praise Oh God. Yeah. 
promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed. Your promise still stands. His promises still stand. His promises are true. They're true. They're true. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. This is my confidence, you've never failed me yet. 
Hallelujah. Can you thank Him for His faithfulness in your life? Can you recall a moment of His faithfulness? Hallelujah, Lord. For those in the room that have been in a season of battle and a season of struggle, I feel that the Lord would say to you, you are coming into a season of rest from your enemies. You are going to rest. Listen to what the scripture says in the book of Joshua. It says, so the Lord gave to Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors. And they took possession of it and settled there. And the Lord gave them rest. Everyone say rest. And the Lord gave them rest. Look, on every side just as he had solemnly promised their ancestors none of their enemies could stand against them for the Lord helped them conquer all their enemies hear the Lord today you are entering a season of rest from your enemies now you ought to thank God for that thank you Lord hallelujah you may have been battling you may have been in a Church of God. And if this is your first time with us, we welcome you. Summerton, let's welcome all of our first time guests. It's an honor to have you today. Victor and I would love the opportunity to meet you at Guest Central out in the main lobby when you're leaving this morning. But let's take a moment, get out of our seat. Let's greet one another with a big smile on our face and a welcome to Summerton. God bless you.
Amen. Amen. Well, bless you. You can be seated. It is just a joy to see all of you here this morning. And I hope that you are, to this point, I hope you're having a wonderful summer. Everybody having a good summer so far? Well, hopefully that applause will get a little bit better the further we get into summer. But it's so good to see you this morning. Jamie and I are honored to have some of our former members and friends from Life Church in Duluth, Georgia with us this morning. Guys, come up here with me real quick. Dave and Carly and Dahlia, come up here with me real quick. I just got to take a minute and, uh, and brag on the Lord today because I kept thinking about you guys the whole time we were singing that song about how God moves mountains. He's faithful to move mountains and how God is faithful, Dave, to make a way where it seemed like there was no way. Dave came to me, it's been a few years ago. Of course, they were a part of our church longer than that. But he came to me and he admitted a struggle that he had been having with addiction, with drugs and things of that nature. And it was bigger than he could kick himself. And we got him into a place in Pennsylvania known as Penile. And it's a drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. And you don't go there to play. Is that right, Dave? You don't go there to play. If you don't want to be free, you don't go there. Because it's about a, what, a 12-month program? 13-month program that he committed himself to. He was away from his family. The church there in Atlanta was so kind to, to help pay for that and to fund that. And uh, we're looking at a free man here this morning. <laughs> Amen. And he that the sun sets free is free indeed. Isn't that right, Dave? I love you, buddy. Amen. And, uh, and we're not done yet. This lady right here amazes me. Now, if you saw her worship this morning, there's a reason why she worships the way she worships. How long ago was it, honey, when you had that major stroke? Uh, almost 13 years now. Almost 13 years ago that she had a major stroke. It was a brain tumor. It was a tumor, a brain tumor. And tell, tell us what they told you. Oh, I wouldn't be walking again. I was going to end up almost a vegetable if I survived the surgery. <laughs> that was 12 years, 13 years ago. Yeah. Now get this, after that, let me tell you what this lady did. She is so inspiring to me. She ran a marathon. 26.2 miles she ran after the doctors told her she would never walk again now is God faithful and is God good or what come on let's give God some praise in the house today let's give it up give it up for God God can do anything 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 then this is their precious daughter Dahlia right here she's like our little girl we just love her so much we are honored to have them with us they told us they were going to be in town this weekend and and we're just blessed to have them here just blessed to have them here thank you guys I love you buddy
Lord was showing me, he gives me pictures. I'm an artist, so he shows me things I can't even paint yet. Yet. Now, he showed me during worship, um, as the crescendo was happening during that last song, the, the roof came off. And a beam of worship went up to heaven. <laughs> and as the beam of worship went up to heaven, the, the demons and, and all started surrounding the church and were trying to take down this, this beam. And angels came and surrounded the beam. And there was a war going on in the heavens to allow your worship to go to heaven. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We taught our people to hear from God and to share what God had put into their heart, into their spirit. Just bear with me here for a moment. Jessica, would you come up here with me this morning? And then Faith, Faith, if you're here, if you'll come and join me this morning as well. I tell you, these are two other young ladies that just totally inspire me. The vision that God has put in their heart Last year, Jessica did her first, and this goes so well with what testimony we just heard, but she did her last freedom run last year. And about 185 or so people, I believe it was, look at this, you can see it was pouring rain last year when we took off and began to, uh, begin to run the freedom run. And last year, the proceeds from this, look at there, there I am, I finished. I may not have finished strong, but I finished. I'm going to finish stronger this year than I did last year because I've been delivered from some bad food habits and I've been walking and running again. <laughs> but last year, the proceeds from this went to our girls, uh, the, the Women of Hope in Jasper, Hope for Women, I'm sorry, I got that backwards, went for, to Hope for Women last year, the proceeds did. This year, the proceeds from the Freedom Run will go to our City of Lights project that we have going at the OTS Boyd School there in Dora. And I appreciate this lady so much for the hard work that she puts into this. This is not an easy event to pull off. And she is still in need of some corporate sponsors if you would like to sponsor this. And uh, all of these proceeds, as I said, go to help people who are fighting addictions and battling addictions. We're helping people to get free from those things. And not just free, but we want them to stay that way. Amen. So Jessica's gonna be out in the foyer after the service today. She told me she didn't wanna say anything this morning, so I'm not ignoring her. But she said she, she just didn't wanna say anything, but she'll be out in the foyer after the service today. And she's gonna tell you how you can go to her website and sign up to be a volunteer. She needs some volunteers to help on that Saturday, June the 23rd. And so any of you that can help us just come and set up tables and uh, register people and uh, just kind of put everything into order, put everything into place. That would be a huge blessing to her, right, Jessica? And uh, so she'll be right out in the foyer after the service. Everybody look for her. You can't miss this beautiful lady. She'll be standing right out there, beaming like light, ready to sign you up to help get people free indeed. Amen. Thank you, Jessica. We're proud of you, honey. Amen. Thank you. And faith, faith. And her husband, Bart, lead our serve ministry, our outreach ministry here. And I know this is a lot all at once, but uh, you need to hear this. Um, through the summer, we're going to do something that I don't think Backyard Blessing has done before. Lenita, could you come up here with me just a moment as well? And uh, this lady, I know I'm bringing a lot of people up today, but this lady, I tell you what, blesses me yes. 
so much with her Backyard Blessing ministry. And it's a, it's, a, it's a ministry that we support on a monthly basis. And usually that happens during the school year, but God put it in their heart that we wanted to continue that through the summer this year. And so they're meeting every Thursday to pack the bags and they need some volunteers to help with the packing of those bags and maybe even with the delivering, I don't, I'm not sure. We actually only need about three or four volunteers each week throughout June and July on Thursdays from four to six. So if you'll contact me, uh, I can tell you what weeks we still have available so we can plug people in to help us each week to provide these bags for the children in our area during the summer. Yes, we wanna make sure our kids are well fed through the summer. And then Faith will also be out in the foyer after the service today to, to share with you other ways that you can get involved in serving our communities. We've got the back to school bash that's coming up July the 28th. Back to school bash, July the 28th. Here's what we're doing. We are packing 500 backpacks full of school supplies. Now listen, this project is gonna cost us about $17,000, but you're gonna help us do that. Because here's what you can do, you can buy a backpack. You can sponsor a backpack or two or three or 10 or 20. Ever how many God puts in your heart and ever how many you can afford to do because we're going to bless the kids in this community. I'm going to tell you something. People are beginning to take notice that Summerton Church of God loves this community. Amen. We're being light and we're eliminating the darkness in this community. Thank you so much, Faith. And she'll be out to answer any other questions that you have after the service today. Well, I'm gonna ask the ushers to come at this time. And as they're coming, let me remind you that we do not have any classes or activities this Wednesday evening because it is our state camp meeting at Metropolitan Church of God. And we invite all of you to come out and join us and be a part of our state camp meeting. I know that you will be blessed each night, each morning, and uh, some wonderful services and opportunities to engage with the Lord, amen. Father, we thank you for the way that you're working in this house. And not just the way that you're working in this house, but the way that you're working through it. Father, you're giving us a vision for more than just filling up pews. You're giving us a vision to transform a community, to be light, to eliminate darkness. Father, that's what you want. You want your kingdom come and your will to be done in this community as it is in heaven. And Lord, we know that as long as your heart is our heart, you'll provide everything we need to make this happen. God, we look forward with anticipation and expectation to the good things that are ahead for this community. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Bless you as you give this morning.
my mind, break through in my spirit, break through in my soul, break through in my weakness, break through in my struggle. You are the God, you are the God of the breakthrough in my breakthrough in our praise, breakthrough in our lift, glorify your name, breakthrough in our dance, breakthrough in our shout. You are the God, you are the God of the song enough, we'd all get in shape and have a breakthrough in more ways than one. Amen. Bless you. You can be seated. If you musicians will stay with me for just a moment. Before I go into my message today, can I just share with you that the Summerton Church of God family is growing. We're growing. Amen. And this morning, I want to recognize 24 new family members here at Summerton Church of God. When I call your name, if you would, please come up to the stage as quickly as you can. Robin Helms, if you're here this morning, I know some of you are, are out of town. Robin Helms, if you'll come forward. Christian Hollis, if you'll come forward this morning. Jean and Angela Kaiser, if you'll come forward. Rebecca. Liverett and uh, Lance Liverett, Bobby and Teresa Miller, if you'll come forward. Emmett Pinson, Emmett, if you'll come forward. Jerry and Donna Singleton, Jeremy and Wendy Washburn. Come on up here on the stage with me. Come on up here. Todd and Melanie Alexander, they're out of town today. Jacob Anderson, he's out of town. Amanda's out of town. Amanda Shiflett. Eric and Clarissa Blackman. Eric's having to work, but Clarissa's here today. Jim and Karen Hyde, if you'll come and join me. Barbara Meadows, and Jim and Chris Moore, if you'll come and join me this morning. Everybody come over this way. Let's, let's kind of just slide down this way. Isn't this exciting? Amen. 
And I tell you what I love about this. I love how God is adding to every generation. To every generation here at Summerton Church of God because every generation at Summerton Church of God is important. And God has a purpose and God has a plan and God has a call on every life, no matter what season of life you're in. And every, every one of these, they've gone through our growth track, which was four weeks on Wednesday evening, or either they did our Super Sunday growth track where they did all four in one day. So they know everything about the vision and the mission of our church. They know everything about what we believe. They know everything about what's required of them now as members. They also went through a class where they discovered the habits that they need to develop in order to be conformed into the image of Jesus, in order to have the character of Christ. And then they went through a session where they discovered their gifts, their talents, and their abilities. The Holy Spirit helped to reveal those things to them. And then the last session, listen, they met with department leaders and found a place to serve. Amen. And I'm so thankful for every one of these men and women, young men and women behind me today. And what God is doing in this house and what these folks are saying here this morning is this, we believe in what's happening in this place and we want to be a part of it. Amen. <laughs> so I want you, if you would, please to just stand for a moment, stretch your hand in this direction. And I'm going to go down and I'm going to lay my hands on every one of them. And we're going to believe God that he's going to use them more mightily than they've ever been used for his glory. Amen. thank you we thank you father for the way that you're growing this house and we're so thankful God that you've called all of us to be a part of it for such a time as this to you be all the glory all the honor and all the praise in Jesus name and everybody said thank you Jesus come on let's thank God for all these new members of our family amen we love y'all so much and we're so thankful that the Holy Spirit led you here Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Please be careful going down these steps. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, I want to invite you this morning to join me over the next five weeks as I begin a new series of messages that I'm entitling toxic toxic and today we're going to begin this series talking about toxic 
thoughts, toxic thoughts. Have you ever, have you ever wondered what people are really thinking? What's, what's really going through people's heads? The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, here's what that tells me about our thoughts. We get our identity from our thoughts. But not only do we get our identity from our thoughts, really much of how we behave in life and respond to life is determined by the thoughts that we think. Now, those of you who are here this morning who have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the moment that you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, your spirit that had been dead was quickened and brought to life. We call it born again. Your spirit, which was dead, was born again. And that spirit is now alive and connected to God. But you need to know that the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and the moment that that transformation took place, a battle unlike any battle that you've ever faced began. And it's a battle between your flesh, your fallen nature, and your spirit, and let me say this, your born-again spirit that is now connected to God and wants to do what God wants it to do. Paul talks a little bit about that battle. He talks a little bit about that struggle in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. And I think all of us can identify with this struggle. He said, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right. You see, that's that born-again spirit within us that wants to do what's right, that wants to do what God wants us to do. But notice what he said. He said, but I don't do it. Then he goes on and he said, instead, I do what I hate. Anybody know what that struggle is like? I know what I should do. I know the good that I should do, but I don't do it. Instead, I do that that I hate. It's that battle between our flesh, our fallen nature, and that born-again spirit that wants to do what God wants us to do. And the reason why our thoughts are so important is because it is in our mind where we decide who we're going to obey. Am I going to obey my fallen nature, my flesh, or am I going to obey my born-again spirit that is now connected to God? So it's in our minds where we make that choice. And the problem is this. When we came to Jesus, our mind was filled with toxic thoughts. All kinds of lies that we've believed about ourselves and about others that were told us by our adversary, the devil. And, and so what I want to do this morning is I want to help us on a journey to rid ourselves of toxic thoughts. Now, I think it would be good if I give you a working definition, and this will just kind of be the anchor thought for this entire series. A working definition of the word toxic, it means anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. And here's the problem. A lot of people have toxic thoughts 
that are causing sickness and even death. Maybe not physical death, but maybe death of relationships, death of marriage, death of jobs, death of finances, toxic thoughts. Now, over the next few weeks, I'm not, I'm not just going to talk to you about toxic thoughts. Let me tell you what I'm going to talk to you about next week. And you really need to make sure you're here and that you have your kids here because I'm going to talk to you next week about toxic influences. Influences. And, and I can tell you right now, I'm probably going to make some people mad next week. But that's okay. Sometimes it's all right to get mad. Amen. It gets us to thinking like we've never thought before. So we're going to talk about some toxic influences that are causing sickness and even death in our lives. On Father's Day, I'm going to talk to you about toxic relationships. And then we're going to talk about, get this, we're going to talk about toxic religion. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about toxic religion. Religion that makes sick and kills. And then we're going to talk about toxic words. Words that come out of our mouth that instead of build up, they destroy. So this is going to be a series that that you're not going to want to miss. And if you have to miss a Sunday, you need to go back online and catch up. Because I want this to be a summer where we detox our souls. Amen? And we detox our spirit. You know, people, people are a little bit more conscious and aware of you know, detoxing physically and those kind of things in the summer because they want to get that beach body, you know, want to get ready for the summer. Well, we're going to detox more than our bodies. We're going to detox our soul and our spirit. And I'm just going to go ahead and confess to you this morning, this was a real struggle for me early on in my relationship with God. I really struggled with my thoughts. And I needed God to help me to get victory in that area of my life. Especially a time when we were in Atlanta and we'd been there several years and and the Lord spoke to me one day and said, it's time to relocate this church. It's time to transition and relocate this church 17 miles further north. Now I thought because God had told me to do it that it was gonna be easy. And that there would be no adversity and that there would be no obstacles along the way. But what I found out is even though God had spoken to me, he had not spoken to everybody about this. And it was around 2007 when we began that relocation process. And in case you don't remember, that just happened to be the time when the economy tanked. People started losing their jobs. And here I am out there hanging on a word that God had given me. Our first year, we were in an elementary school cafeteria. We then moved into a high school auditorium, Peachtree Ridge High School, there just outside of Duluth, Georgia. And when we moved into the high school, and I've told you this this story before, when we left on this transition, 99.9% of the people, there was one lady that voted against it, 99.9% of the people voted and said, yes, pastor, we believe that you've heard from God, and we trust that you've heard from God, and that you would not mislead us. So we're behind you. But just because 99.9% of the people vote don't mean 99.9% of the people make it through the process, if you know what I mean. And when we got into that high school, when we started the transition, we had about 325 people. We got down to 200 people. And I'm going to tell you, the enemy began to attack my thoughts. 
I mean, he began to attack my thoughts, asking me things like, you didn't really hear from God. If you had heard from God, these people wouldn't be leaving like they're leaving. These people wouldn't be getting as discouraged as they're getting discouraged. I began to thought, think, man, what, what are my peers in the state? Yeah, at, at that particular time, how many of you know what an Alabama Echoes is? You know, that's, that's where you go and you look at all the statistics of the other church. You know, when we play this comparison game, I hate those things. We, can, we play this comparison game about, you know, well, we paid more tithes in that church and we had more, more in attendance. Well, at this particular time, North Georgia had just stopped doing their state paper. And I was like, thank you, God. That we don't have a state paper that people can look at and see how our numbers have declined because they're going to think I've totally lost control of this thing. I began to worry about what my peers were, would think. I mean, I, I just came under an attack with my thoughts, negative thoughts and critical thoughts, all kinds of thoughts, fearful thoughts. And so what the Lord did during that time for me is the Lord helped me to get victory in this area of my life. He taught me a process that I could go through that would help me get victory over my thought life. And let me tell you something, it has worked marvelously because I don't struggle in that area of my life nearly as much as I used to. Every now and then, a toxic thought will try to get into my mind. But here's what the Lord taught me. He taught me the first thing that I've got to do is I've got to learn how to identify my toxic thoughts. I got to learn to identify toxic thoughts. Listen to what the writer of Proverbs said in Proverbs 4 and 23. He said, carefully guard your thoughts because they are the true source of life. Your thoughts determine the life you live. Your thoughts determine the person that you are. Another translation says it like this, guard your heart with all diligence. And many times when the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about the mind. Talking about how that in the heart man thinks. And so it, it says, carefully guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring all of the issues of life. Our thoughts affect every area of our lives. And so the writer tells us we've got to carefully guard what comes into our mind, what comes into our brain. In other words, if some kind of a thought tries to come into our mind or into our brain that is inconsistent with or contrary to what God's word says, then we stop it. And we do not allow it access into our minds those toxic thoughts. Now, here's what I thought I'd do this morning. I thought I would do a little bit of an experiment to try to help you identify maybe an area where you struggle in your thoughts. And, and I've listed four categories that we're going to look at, four categories of thoughts. And I want you to be honest this morning because until you're honest that this is a struggle and that you're prone to this kind of thinking, you're never going to get free from it. So let's look at some of these categories and, and you grade yourself. First of all, there's those people who struggle with negative thoughts. Negative thoughts. You, you know, it's, it's those people that couldn't have a positive thought even if they tried. Matter of fact, positive people disgust negative people. Negative people don't want to be near positive people because positive people are always happy, happy, happy. Nothing ever goes wrong in my life, you know, and the negative person's wanting to walk up to him and say, oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Come on, just get real. 
But negative people, it's those people that say, I'll never amount to anything. It doesn't matter how hard I try. I'll never be able to accomplish that. Just all kinds of negative thinking. For some of you this morning, maybe, it it was as simple as just getting up and saying, I knew I was going to have a bad hair day. And yes, here I am. I had a bad hair day. (laughs) Negative. Just cannot be positive. Negative. And if you're here this morning and you would say, yes, pastor, I kind of have a tendency. I'm a little bit more prone to being a negative thinker. And we can all fall into that trap sometimes if we're not careful. So it's really not anything to be ashamed of, but it's definitely something that you want the Holy Spirit to help you with. But if if you're more prone to being a negative thinker, let me me see your hand. You're afraid to admit it, aren't you? (laughs) Some of you are sitting there, I ain't raising my hand. (laughs) Negative. Well, I pray that you'll let the Holy Spirit help you with your negative thinking. Then there's those who have fearful thoughts. Now we're talking. Yeah. It's, it's, it's those people who struggle with worry and anxiety because of the thoughts that they think. People who, when they get up in the morning because of the economy and things of that nature, I'm, I'm so afraid I'm going to lose my job. I'm so afraid that when I go into the office today, they're going to tell me that my services are not needed anymore. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. Or I'm afraid that, you know, I'm going to get cancer because my grandparent had cancer and my parent had cancer. And so I live in fear every day that the next time I go to the doctor, that they're going to diagnose me with cancer. I, I, I live in fear. I feel unsafe. I'm afraid somebody's going to break into my house and harm me. Some, some of you struggle with fearful thoughts so much that if your spouse or if your child is just 30 minutes late coming home, you begin to think the worst. Oh, God, they've been in a wreck. I just know they've been in a wreck. I just know they're dead. They're dead. I just know my wife is dead, and here I am with four kids, and I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to do her funeral. And who in the world's going to want to marry somebody with four little kids? See, that's where fear can take you. Some of you are laughing at me, but you know it's true. You've been there. You've had those thoughts. Fearful. Fearful thoughts. And let me just ask you this morning, how many of you would say, yeah, I need the Holy Spirit to help me with this. I'm more prone to be a fearful thinker. Let me see your hand. Yeah, some of you are being honest with me this morning. Fearful thoughts. But then, then there's others who have critical thoughts. Oh, pastor, now you've done stopped preaching and gone to meddling. <laughs> critical thoughts. You know, people who just, they, they, they think critically about themselves. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm skinny. I'm single. Critical, critical thoughts about themselves. I don't look good. I'm not attractive. Not just critical thought about themselves, but critical thoughts about others. You see somebody doing something, and and you're like, well, I'd I'd never do it like that. (laughs) Like like their way is wrong, and your way is wrong. I would never do it like that. Oh, God, I can't believe she came in dressed like that this morning in the house of God. Critical. How many of you know some critical people? Let me see your hand. Now, see, you're one of them. I just got you right there. You're being critical of critical people. Critical. 
And how many of you would now, how many of you would be really honest this morning and say, yes, I struggle with critical thoughts. And they say, you need the Holy Spirit to help. Wow, a lot of hands going up. And then here's a fourth category, a last category. Those that have discontented thoughts. They, they just can't be happy. It doesn't matter how good they have it in life, they need more. You know, if they got a big house, they need a bigger house. I want granite. Why can't I have granite countertops? You know, why, why can't I have the walk-in closet? You know, discontented. People who are single and they're discontented because they want to be married. And people who are married... and are discontented because they want to be single. By the way, today my wife and I are celebrating 35 years of marriage. Today. <laughs> 35 years. Wonderful years. Discontented. Discontented thoughts. You got a husband, but why can't my husband be like her husband? You know, why can't my husband be more spiritual? Why can't my husband be a better provider? And my wife, why, why, why can't my wife stop being such a nag? Just nag, 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 nag. All the time. Discontented. Never happy with what you have. How many of you here this morning would, would admit, yeah, pastor, that's a struggle for me, and I need the Holy Spirit to help me with my... <laughs> I got one right here put his hand up before I ever even ask. <laughs> so you see, here's what the Lord taught me. The Lord taught me that when these negative thoughts, these fearful thoughts, these critical thoughts, these discontented thoughts, that when these things try to get into my mind, he reminds me of that scripture in Proverbs to guard my thoughts with all diligence because they affect who I become. They affect how I live my life. They even affect how I treat other people because if I have toxic thoughts about somebody, I'm going to treat somebody toxically. So we've got to learn how to identify these thoughts. But then the second step in that process is he taught me not just to identify them, but I've got to learn how to reject those toxic thoughts. I've got to learn how to guard my mind from allowing these thoughts into my brain. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. He said, for the weapons of our warfare. Now, the first thing that we think about when we think about weapons is we think about guns and we think about knives. And notice what he says, in this warfare that we are in, it is not a physical warfare that we're talking about. It is a spiritual war that we're in. That battle between our flesh and our spirit and what we're going to believe and who we're going to obey as, it, as, as, as our direction and our, our course for life. He said the weapons of our warfare. Yes, we are in a war, Summit and Church of God. We are in a battle individually. We're in a battle for our marriages. We're in a battle for our families. We're in a battle for our jobs. We're in a battle for our finances. We're in a battle for our kids. We're in a battle for our communities. We are in a battle, but it's not a physical battle that we fight with guns and knives. Our weapons are not carnal, but look at this. Our weapons are mighty in God. In other words, our weapons have 
divine power. I'm talking about weapons like the word of God. I'm talking about weapons like the blood of Jesus. I'm talking about weapons like the spirit of God, the powerful spirit of God. And that's what he's talking about here. He's saying that guns and knives are not going to tear down the strongholds of our thoughts, but it is going to be the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God's word that does so. And he goes on and says, we, our, our, our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. That word mighty is the Greek word dunamis. We get our word dynamite from it. It means explosive power. There is explosive power available to us. And it's a power that doesn't come through a gun or a knife, but it's a power, look at this, that can pull down strongholds. And let me tell you what a stronghold is. A stronghold, get this picture, it is a prisoner locked in a prison of deception. That's what a stronghold is. It's when you are a prisoner locked up in a prison to deception. In other words, you're believing some things about yourself that are absolutely not true and it keeps you captive in a prison. But notice what he said. He said, I have given you weapons, not carnal weapons, but I've given you weapons that have divine power to get you out of that prison of deception that you've been locked up in. You just think about the power of God's word, the truth of God's word this morning. John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. When you begin to take the divine weapons that God's given you and you begin to use them in the area of your thoughts, you're going to break down some strongholds in your life and you're going to break out of that prison of deception that you've been living in. Amen. And then he goes on and he says, we're casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now get this. When you choose to believe something, when you choose to believe a lie of the enemy, rather than the truth of God's word, do you know what you're doing? You're exalting Satan above God. You are exalting the lies of the enemy above the knowledge of God. And you're saying this is a better way. This is the right way. This is the true way. And you're exalting it above the knowledge of God. But he said these divine weapons that we have will cast down those arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Look at this, bringing every thought, every thought. Listen to me, not just bad thoughts, good thoughts and bad thoughts. Every thought. Bringing every thought into captivity. In other words, Paul is saying that with these divine weapons that we have, instead of us being a prisoner to our thoughts, our thoughts become a prisoner to us. Amen? And he said this, he said, we bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In other words, if it does not line up with the word of God, if it's inconsistent and contrary to the word of God, it does not get in here. Somebody hearing me this morning, we're going to guard our hearts and minds. So we've got to identify those toxic thoughts. We've got to reject, and really a better word would be get ruthless with those toxic thoughts. And then finally, replace those toxic thoughts with God's truth. 
replaced them. Listen to what Paul says here in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. Do you know what it is that causes anxiety in your life? Thinking the worst. Thinking negatively, thinking critically, thinking fearfully, thinking discontentedly causes anxiety. And when you worry about something rather than pray about something, it causes anxiety. And so Paul said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. One translation says it like this, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Our problem is we worry about everything and we don't pray about anything. And then we wonder why. We worry so much. We wonder why we're so negative. We wonder why we're so critical. We wonder why we're so fearful. And then he goes on and he says that when we do that, when we pray instead of worry about those things that we would normally worry about, he said, then the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Or the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's one thing for you to guard your mind. It's another thing for the peace of God to show up and say, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't coming in here. And when you pray about things instead of worrying about them, the peace of God sets up camp over your heart and over your mind and will not allow those toxic thoughts to come in. Do you hear me? But notice this passage doesn't end right here. It goes on in verse 8 and says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true as opposed to the lies of the enemy. Whatever is true. And then he goes on and says, and whatever is noble, that is whatever is honorable. If it's dishonorable, don't let it into your mind. It's a toxic thought. Only if it's honorable. Whatever is right. And I'm not talking about what is right in the eyes of the world. I'm talking about what is right in the eyes of God. Whatever is right, he says. And then he says, whatever is pure. And he's talking here about moral purity. You ever heard the phrase, get your mind out of the gutter? That's what he's talking about right here. Get your mind out of the gutter. Think pure thoughts. Don't let impure things, thoughts into your mind. And then he says, whatever is lovely. And the word lovely means love towards. In other words, is it a thought that, that extends love to somebody that is loving towards somebody? Or is it a thought that is hateful towards somebody? We don't think about things that are hateful. We think about those things that are lovely. And then whatever is admirable. And then he says, if anything is excellent, and that means of value, because we think about so much that has no value whatsoever. He said, what well, if it has value or if it is praiseworthy? And do you know what praiseworthy means? It means would God approve of your thoughts? Would God approve of what you were allowing into your mind? He said, think about such Things. In other words, you've got to replace the lies of the enemy. You've got to replace your toxic thoughts with the truth of God's word. And that's why Paul said in Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How are we transformed? He's talking about the transformation that takes 
place where we take off the old rags of unrighteousness and we put on the new clothes of righteousness. It's about that transformation that takes place where we now bear the image and the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, how is that transformation going to take place? Is it going to take place by coming to church every Sunday? Is it going to take place by, you know, doing all the serve projects? Is it going to be, is it going to take place by signing up to work in youth ministry? No, no. He said, that's not how transformation takes place. He says, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Your mind needs to undergo a renovation where all the old has been discarded and the new God's truth can move in and rule and reign in your life and rule and reign in your mind. I want to know this morning, are you going to continue to believe what the enemy says about you? Are you going to continue to believe what the enemy says about your life? Are you going to continue to believe what the enemy says about others to you, those lies that he's telling you? Or are you going to replace those lies with the truth of God's word? Because if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Come on, somebody. Amen. And then, then once that mind has been transformed and renewed, then you will know God's perfect will for your life. Then you will have the truth about what God says about who you are and what he's called you to do. Be careful what you allow into your mind. Because, because seriously, think about this. You can find whatever you're looking for. And, and Tanya, if you'll go ahead and come and just give me some stopping music. You can find whatever it is you're looking for. Think about a hummingbird. <laughs> what does a hummingbird get up every morning looking for? Nectar. A hummingbird gets up every morning looking for something sweet. And you know what? That hummingbird finds what it's looking for. It finds that nectar. It finds what's sweet. But compare that with a vulture. A vulture gets up every morning looking for a dead carcass to feed off of. And do you know that vulture every day finds what it's looking for? The hummingbird finds or is looking and finds something sweet. The vulture is looking for and finds something dead. You can find whatever you're looking for. So I'm asking you this morning, what you're looking for? What are you choosing to believe? Holy Spirit, this is a work that you have to do in the heart, the spirit, the mind, the soul of every individual sitting here under the sound of my voice today. Lord, I pray that the word that has gone forth this morning, that, it's fall, that it has fallen upon hearts that were prepared to receive, minds that were alert to hear, so that the transformation, God, that you want to take place in each and every one of our lives can take place. Lord, I pray for those in this room right now that have believed lies about you. 
Because God, there's no doubt in my mind that there's some people here today that the enemy has lied to them about you. That the enemy has told them that because of their past, that there's no place for them in the family of God. The enemy has told them that you're a harsh God, a mean God, a judgmental God. And there's so many, God, that has chosen to believe that about you rather than to believe that you're a loving God. You're a forgiving God. You're an accepting God. You're God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance and the fifth and on and on and on we go. You never give up on us. You're a long-suffering, patient God. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus today that truth will break down the stronghold of lies that people have believed about you. Even, even religious people, God, that believe that they can only get to heaven based upon their works. Father, I destroy that lie today in the name of Jesus, for it's not by works that we're saved, but it's by your grace. And I pray that those that have believed that lie this morning will understand that all they have to do is just put faith in what your son Jesus accomplished at the cross. Just put faith in that, to trust in that, to believe sincerely in their heart, Jesus, that you came and that you showed us how we can live a victorious, overcoming life through the power of the Holy Spirit. But you proved your love to us when you suffered and you died and you were buried, but you rose again. And Lord, if people will just believe that sincerely in their heart, that's what saves them. That's what gets them to heaven. It's what you did, not what they can do. Because all they can do is just trust in what you've already done. So I pray that every lie about you will be broken in this house today. I pray that every lie, Lord, that young women have believed, that the enemies tried to tell them that they're not beautiful, that there is no plan, that there is no purpose for their lives, that they'll understand that it is a lie and that they'll hide themselves in your word where they can discover the truth about what you have to say about them, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, even formed in their mother's womb to be the beautiful person that they are today. No matter what anybody else says about them, all that matters is what you say, Father. Father, we just come against every lie with the truth of your word. Those that live in fear that they're going to die of the same disease that their parent or their grandparent died, died of. We break that generational iniquity and lie over them in the name of Jesus right now. That it will not continue. That, 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 that curse is broken in the name of Jesus. That iniquity is broken in Jesus' name. And that we will not live in fear, but we will walk in faith. For by your stripes we were healed. Oh, hallelujah. And Father, for that addict that's here this morning, it says, Pastor, I want to believe everything that you're saying. 
but my experience says otherwise. I've tried and I've tried everything that I know to do to break free from this addiction. And I'll do good for a while. But then I just step right back into that bondage. Listen to me this morning. You can be free. Yes, it, yes, it can be a struggle. Yes, it'll be a battle. Yes, it'll be a fight. But listen to me. There's others in this room here today that would say to you, it's worth the fight. It's worth the process. It's worth whatever you have to go through. It's worth the denying of your flesh to be who God's called you to be and to do what God's called you to do. So I break the curse of every lie, the deception of every lie in this room here today. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that assures us that our sins have been atoned for. The blood of Jesus that says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, regardless of how much the enemy may want to emphasize our failures. Oh, Jesus. Transform hearts, transform minds through the power of your Holy Spirit and the truth of your word today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I want everybody to stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anybody else that just needs to come and find a place to pray this morning, you're welcome to do that. Because I believe that this is a this is an issue that I, I believe ultimately it just comes down between you and Holy Spirit. And are you going to give him complete control? Are you going to identify those toxic thoughts? Are you going to reject them and replace them with the truth of God's word? Let me tell you something. I've had a lot of bad things said about me. A lot of bad things. You have too. I've had a lot of bad things said about you. But one day, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go to God's Word. I want to know what God has to say about me. And do you know what? What He has to say about me is so much better than what some folk were saying about me. And I want you to know this morning that what God has to say about you is so much better. Even if people are saying good things about you, what God has to say about you is so much better. But you'll never know what he says till you read his word. I encourage you this week, get into the word of God. Just look for passages of scripture that talk about your identity in Christ, who you are in Christ. When you go to the writings of Paul, over and over and over again, you see that phrase, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Now that I'm in Christ, in Christ. And now that you're in Christ Jesus, you need to know what God has to say about you. Amen. So Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your word, the truth of your word. Today we walk out of here totally focused upon you and what you have to say about us. That's what we choose to believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise.